offshoot of the better than nothing podcast uh and this one is going to be focusing on formula one racing uh welcome to the very first episode of betting the grid uh my name is jack and with me is my co-host pat uh pat welcome to the uh, podcast excited to get it started jack perfect well as they say in f1 lights out and away we go so before we get into uh you know all the discussion and some bets that we have for uh the upcoming monza race uh, i do have to read this disclosure We are not in any way, shape, or form offering financial advice. Everything we share is speculation and opinion. Check your individual state laws to see if sports betting is legal or what options there are in your specific state. If you or anyone you know is addicted to gambling, call the National Council on Problem Gambling at 1-800-522-4700. Their info will also be in our show notes uh, located below the, uh, the podcast. Additionally, lines are taken from BetMGM as of September 6, 2022. So now, after all that, I think we can kind of just hop in. Pat, I don't know about you, man, but this race in the Netherlands was quite one to watch. No, no doubt. Definitely had some spicy moments towards the end. A lot of safety cars really scrambling things up. So definitely brought the grid close together, which is always interesting to see unfold. You know, speaking of safety cars, I think uh, one, one thing that I wanted to discuss is, uh, you know, the, the Yuki Sonoda Alphatari uh, incident. So uh, for our listeners, um, you know, if you weren't watching the race, just trying to get a recap. Essentially, Yuki Sonoda uh, came out of the pit had to stop within the first couple turns saying, hey, there's something wrong with my car. I feel like one of my wheels is loose. Uh, They essentially brought him back into the pit lane, uh, proceeded to mess with his harness a little bit as well. He had two of the pit crew messing with that. They completely changed all the tires, went back out onto the track only to barely make it past the first or second turn uh, before, um, you know, this safety car had to come out. Uh, So this was quite a... uh, you know, intense thing happening given how close the race was, and it really messed up with some of the race strategy uh, by some of the teams. Uh, Pat, you know, what are your thoughts on this? I know there was a lot going around on Twitter that this was, was maybe even intentional uh, by Alphatari to maybe give Verstappen a little lead. What are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't, I don't see it as too much of a real conspiracy. Alphatari and Yuki have been a little bit interesting when the car's having issues. I know way back in Baku. Yuki's back wing was kind of split, so they went back into the pits to duct tape it before he eventually had to go back in there because obviously duct tape is not built for downforce. So <laughs> don't think there's anything to it, but yeah, it obviously fell into Red Bull's hands pretty well, allowing Max to get a fresh set of tires out there. Exactly. No, and you know, actually, uh, AlphaTauri did release a statement uh, basically saying that, you know, this hateful behavior cannot be tolerated. There was absolutely no foul play involved, you know, and they even mentioned, you know, Hannah Schmitz, the uh, head of Red Bull strategy uh, in their press release saying this was not at all, you know, something that was planned. You know, I kind of find it ridiculous that even this is a conspiracy, given that Verstappen is, you know, clearly, you know, over 100 points in the lead. 
if there if the FIA smelled any sort of you know foul play or you know strategy that was purposely done to give another driver an advantage within a you know team uh, aspect, it absolutely red flag and almost cancel him for Stappen's season. Oh yeah, no, they get a massive financial penalty. I'm sure a massive points deduction too. And if you're Red Bull, you've been cruising for a good bit now. Why take a chance on that? <laughs> exactly. So other fun pit issues: Ferrari and Carlos Sainz. Oh man, the, uh, the the Carlos Sainz Ferrari saga is just. It, it feels like it's never, never ending. You know, I think I think we're gonna you know touch on this a bit more later, but it, it has been an absolute just dumpster fire <laughs> at times for Ferrari. Oh my gosh, you sent me the tweet of. Um, the, it, the the RV that they have there is a there was a leak or a fire or tire out. It, what it was never the... ends. Ferrari continues to Ferrari. Their uh, bus or truck carrying all their gear towards Monza at a flat tire was broken down on the side of the road. So don't know what kind of omen that might be, but yeah, Ferrari just Ferraris. I there's no other way to put it at this point. But yeah, a little background of the pit issue in case you missed it. Carlos Sainz came into the pit, was told to pit engineers were not ready for it and proceeded to only bring out three tires and for those at home f1 cars have four tires so <laughs> obviously a massive delay in the stop really messed up carlos's race right there but yeah not much else to say other than ferrari's just doing their thing of screwing up <laughs> oh my gosh all right well so uh, now i kind of want to go into our, our our biggest win winners and then biggest losers um, of uh, you know the Netherlands Grand Prix. Uh, so so just to start, uh, I'm gonna take the obvious one here. Uh, it's clearly Red Bull and Max Verstappen are, are are the biggest winners here. You know Verstappen went into that race at minus 160 odds. You know if, if you listen to episode two of Better Than Nothing, uh, I actually did a little thing where I said Max Verstappen is a shoe win in this. It's almost you know it would be unprecedented if he lo- lost this. He won this back in 21, as Pat mentioned earlier. I think Red Bull is just, you know, clearly on pace to, to absolutely demolish the constructors as well as the drivers' championship. Yeah, science sealed and delivered. It's Red Bull. I, unless something just absolutely catastrophic happens to that team, I don't think anyone's coming close to catching them. I'm not sure when they're mathematically clinching, but it's soon. <laughs> uh, so, so Pat, what, who, who's your, uh, I guess, kind of winner uh, from uh, from Saturday or Sunday? Overall winner, I'd say Mercedes. The the Ferrari car has looked so strong at the beginning of the season, but continued strategy mistakes and reliability issues have allowed Mercedes to just keep creeping up to them to that second spot in the Constructors' Championship. So, gotta say Mercedes. I, I, I agree 100% with you. I mean, just with Ferrari's continual bad strategies, missteps, miscues, you know, it, it seems like that Mercedes and Toto Wolff, you know, him just you know, with this championship, you know, he knows how to win the championship. Oh, yeah. You know, and I think that's really showing through down the long stretch. I thought we would see a change in Ferrari after the break, uh, but, you know, it, it, they're kind of up to their old ways, and Mercedes is seeing that door get more open and open every week. So it's... It's in their DNA at this point with Ferrari just messing up. I don't know if they go with a change in the team principle at some point because that car... Obviously, has a ton of pace. We've seen it throughout the season, but they're continual <laughs> mistakes. Just they piled up. Mercedes is a well-oiled machine, and that gap's going to keep closing. And we'll see how it shapes up. Oh yeah. Uh, all right, Pat. So I'll, I'll, you can start us off. Who's your biggest losers 
uh, from the race. Well, Mercedes overall is a winner. Gotta say, loser for the race, Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, Pat, yeah, go go into it. <laughs> what, 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 what makes Lewis Hamilton a loser, which we haven't heard, you know, for about, you know, nine years leading up to this. and that <laughs> Yeah, no, Lewis hasn't won a race all year, which is just completely out of the norm in F1. Lewis Hamilton's been absolutely dominant for years now, but... He was leading this race for a good amount of time, just based on his pit strategy, his tire choices, and once the safety car came out at the end, George Russell, his teammate, made the call to go on softs while Lewis wanted to stay out and in the lead on his medium tire. So when the safety car came out, Max pitted for softs, George pitted for softs, Leclerc pitted for softs, and uh, within the first turn after the safety car and uh, green lights, Max had already taken the lead with his old mediums. His teammate, George Russell, sneaks by him. Leclerc sneaks by him and from leading the race doesn't even finish on the podium. So, tough break. Lewis was incredibly angry on team radio, which was just some interesting content. But, yeah, Lewis did not have a good Zandvoort. <laughs> I, I, love how, I love how you're saying, oh, he, they snuck by. Oh, no, it was, it was quite embarrassing. They cruised by. <laughs> Cruising by. <laughs> Uh, you know, on that nice, beautiful uh, second DRS zone into the finish line, it was, uh, I, I agree with you, you know, I, I I think it was bold of George Russell to do it, you know, that's kind of how he crept up in the second there, you know, but hey, you know, it's, as much as you race for the team, sometimes you do have to race for yourself. Uh, so for mine, I know we've harped on Ferrari a lot, but my, my biggest loser is Carlos Sainz mm. um, in this race. It was just disaster, you know, just some notes I have here. He overtook uh, Fernando Alonso as soon as there was the Botas flag, and so he had to give up his space and also put Norris right on him for having to give up that space. Additionally, the pit penalty for the unsafe release, Ooh, which I don't even one. think, yeah. you know, that was another thing that was on top of. Basically, there was uh, there was some delay. He got released, and I believe it was uh, Ocon uh, that was the other uh, yeah. driver that, you know, was just that close to him. And then, uh, as Pat mentioned earlier, the, the long pit time with only having three of the four tires, um, you know, which is uh, just an absolute travesty for the Ferrari. I know, I know personally, I'm a bit of a Carlos Sainz fan. I really liked him back at McLaren, um, so I, I always want to see him do well, but it, it's, it's been a bit of a heartbreak watching him. No, big time. <laughs> All right, so that was just a, a bit of a recap uh, from the Netherlands Grand Prix. And so now we're on to a bit of a, a Monza preview. Uh, so, so Pat, you know, you, we were talking about this before the pod. What, what, what do they call Monza? What's the, the term? Monza, the Temple of Speed and one of Ferrari's home Grand Prix. Interesting. Okay, so this is certainly, if, if, if Ferrari was to somehow get their stuff together, you, a betting person would say this is the Grand Prix to do it. No, 100%. I mean, obviously the Red Bull cars look so dominant, but... It's the home of Ferrari. The fans are going to be out in force. It's going to be a sea of red. That, it, Why can't something crazy happen? It's certainly a change from the sea of orange uh, we saw this past weekend. Uh, so, all right, Pat, so take us in. Aside from Verstappen, uh, who, by the way, is minus 1,000 uh, to win uh, the race, so it clearly shows the uh, the sports books have, uh, have no regard for any other racers because it's Verstappen uh, all the way. Pat, Pat aside from that, who do you think can do this? Currently, I mean, it's Ferrari's race. You got to say Charles Leclerc outside of Verstappen. He's had the pace all year. He's had some heartbreaking defeats just <laughs> based on Ferrari strategy. But hey, 
maybe they figure it out. Don't have a long travel time if the bus ever gets there. So <laughs> Charles Leclerc currently plus twenty five hundred on Ben MGM. Wow. Okay. I mean, that sounds like fantastic. I mean, for being second second in the uh, in the drivers championship, I'm very surprised that they have him at plus twenty five hundred. That's uh, that's pretty good. And for uh, all you novice betters, that's uh, one dollar to win twenty five. Yeah. Uh, for all you novice betters. Uh, but that's why we're hoping to get more people into the, the F1 betting scene. Um, so, so, so my take, I really loved, I know some people are against this, especially if you're a Lewis Hamilton fan, but George Russell, I thought, really took matters into his own hands last race. And, I mean, literally jumped from fourth or no, third, you know, essentially into a, a nice second and, you know, was able to look ahead and see what the other drivers were doing, uh, which I thought was a very mature move to go against the pit wall. Um, so I think he is, he's due, you know, he's been Mr. Consistency this year. Oh, yeah. uh, his only one uh, time outside of top five finish uh, was the DNF at Silverstone, yep. uh, which some would say he could have got back in it. His car was actually still drivable, but everyone knows the, uh, the Zhou Guang Yu crash. Yep. Uh, he, he jumped out to see the other driver was okay. So honestly, more props to the guy. I think that's why he has uh, a bit of my heart right now. You know, he's, I think he's a good guy and I want to see him get that first win. So, I, uh, we have a, a little quick one here. Alpine versus McLaren for the next race. Uh, now, this is something we just wanted to do. We wanted to highlight a bit of the, the midsection here. You know, these, you know, we're seeing Red Bull somewhat pull away. There's a battle between Ferrari and Mercedes. Uh, but we, we like the, the mid-level, you know, the mid-tier teams. Um, so, 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 Pat, here, what, what's your pick? Alpine or McLaren? How, what do you think? Got to give it to the Frenchman. Alpine, that car has been quick in the straights all year long. And if you know anything about the track at Monza, it's basically a long straight is the vast majority of the track. So Alpine should be running away from McLaren. I know it was very heartwarming last year to see a personal favorite of mine, Daniel Ricciardo, standing on that top step of the podium last year for McLaren. But this year, the McLaren car just doesn't have it. So I'd take Alpine if you get the head-to-head matchup since they're currently right next to each other in the standings uh, in the Constructors title. So definitely like Alpine this week. I love it. I love it. So, Pat, just before we close the Monza preview, I know we just said, aside from Verstappen, who's the best to win, I, I want a dark horse from you. A little, you know, kind of kind of throw it out there because, a, a, as you know, Monza typically crowns not a favorite uh, from what we've seen. Obviously, Pierre Gasly with the win before Ricardo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously, uh, from actually the the record, was Ocon in 19? Uh, nine, that was, uh, talking year before, Gasly won yeah, in Yeah, Gasly was 20. I'm not sure it took 19, but... Anyway, essentially, there has been there has been some conspiracy that once you win Monza, the following season at Monza will always end in a DNF. Uh, so Pierre Gasly, uh, so he won in 2020. In 2021, uh, he went off the track and then DNF for the race. Mm. So people are now I well, what we don't obviously don't want anything bad to happen to Ricardo. What's you know maybe this Monza curse? So we'll have to keep an eye on that. But back to it. Who's the dark horse? Who do you got? If I'm picking a non top three team, yep, honestly, three team. keeping with the Alpine theme. Fernando Alonso hasn't been on that top step in a long time. And wow, no the. He's shown pace all year long. He knows how to win. Fernando, wouldn't surprise me. We, we're due for a shock race winner. Why not give it to Fernando before he steps on his way out the door to Aston Martin? I, I love it. So I, I'm going to uh, – th- this, is, this is just an absolutely ridiculous take, but I would love to see 
Kevin Magnuson. I would love it. Get get back. K-Mag, you know, obviously at the start of the season, a lot of question marks. He gets called in five weeks before the season. He already scores points for Haas. It has been four straight races Kevin Magnuson has not been in the points. Mm-hmm. So I think he is due for a little a little, a little, little Haas magic. You know, Gunther, you know, I think they're going to have a good strategy. <laughs> and I don't think people enough people talked about Mick Schumacher finally making Q3. For sure. Getting P9 to start, obviously not the greatest race, but certainly seeing some promise in the, uh, the second-year driver. So definitely going to be interested to see how we uh, do there. That Haas, Ferrari powered, you never know. Exactly. Well, you never know if the engine might explode either. So, <laughs> so, uh, so, so the next uh, thing we want to talk about. So, what, what I, I have this section is called bets to avoid for the remainder of the season, and and this this absolutely broke my heart to to write, but with, with a heavy heart, I will not be betting on Daniel Ricardo for the remainder of the season. I, I just think that the, the the poor performances as well as the lack of team commitment from McLaren and obviously with Daniel Ricciardo not having a home for the next F1 season certainly doesn't really put a lot of motivation in his tank, if I if I had to guess. Pat, what, what are your thoughts on that or maybe a counterpoint? Nope, I have to agree with you. I'm currently wearing a McLaren shirt right now, which was bought with just... The absolute worst timing in the world. I bought it, and then the next week, Daniel Ricciardo's out at McLaren. So, wearing it kind of resentfully. But, no, I don't think Daniel's got the pace this season. He hasn't done well in the car, and they've both been on record as saying the car is hard to drive. So, if we're this far into the season, I don't see it improving too much. I like it. Now, I, I want to ask, did he receive the shirt before July 4th? Because did you order the short as much as Daniel Ricciardo saying to the fans a week after McLaren signed Oscar. Hey, I'm devoted to this team. We want to get work to a solution. When did you order the shirt? It was pre-Daniel's commitment when McLaren was still playing their backroom deal to get Piastri, saying that uh, Daniel will be around in 2023. But yeah, it was pre all the drama for that McLaren seat. Ah, uh, that Zach Brown being be, being a bit shady. It's been quite the uh, the free agent news uh throughout this year so i think i wanted to talk to you a little about that especially just you know segueing from ricardo you know i'm seeing some reports that ricardo to Haas could potentially be a move alongside kevin magnuson with schumacher out absolutely love that if you're a fan of the drive to survive series on netflix a year of ricardo and gunther soundbites sign me up <laughs> that 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 does absolutely sound fantastic I'm just nervous about Schumacher, and but there may be a landing spot in him with AlphaTauri. AlphaTauri's an interesting one. That's why there, there's been there's so many moves that have yet to be made. So now it's it's a lot of speculation. But apparently Pierre Gasly is is now a favorite to go to Alpine. Yep. No, a lot, a lot of moves going around. That AlphaTauri seat sounds more and more open by the day with the news of Gasly to Alpine. They'd have two French drivers on a French team, so obviously I think that would sell well with the fan base. But, yeah, I don't know where Mick ends up in this whole situation. So what are your thoughts on Ocon and Gasly and that their relationship isn't very good? I don't know if you saw, but Ocon said in an interview that he would like Schumacher he would. to join Alpine. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I always say take it with a grain of salt because no one saw any of these moves coming so far this season. But Gasly's obviously the favorite, and I think the team would like to get Gasly. He's obviously shown more. He's a race winner. So I think a young Pierre Gasly with that 
experience of being in Formula One a long time, being through adversity, losing his Red Bull seat. I think he'd be a good driver for Alpine to get. I love it. I love it. Well, perfect. The last thing I kind of want to end on, uh, you know, for today's podcast is just a, a fun little future uh, that I found, and I, Pat, I just want to hear your opinions on it. Uh, you know, given the odds, so the, the the future is Hamilton, Norris, Russell, and Verstappen to score points in every remaining race, Italian Grand Prix onward. Now, before I say the odds, do you have do you have like what any any guess for what you think the odds would be? Gotta be gotta be uh, I don't know, pretty astronomical. But they've all shown pace this season. I don't know, plus five thousand. This bet is plus twelve. 12,500. Can't, yeah, fumbled there. But yeah, essentially bet $1 to win $125 for this bet. So I actually put $5 on it because Why not? the only one, the only way I see this not happening is Norris having a bad race. And he has consistently been between that 8 to 10 finishing range. The car has the pace. He's a good enough driver, you know, with I believe seven races left. I think there there's a, a really good chance, uh, you know, for this to happen. So hey, five dollars to win six hundred twenty-five, not the worst bet to take in the world. Why not? But crazier things have happened. Exactly, exactly. Well, that kind of closes it for uh, episode one of betting the grid. Uh, so just want to uh, discuss kind of what we have uh, coming next, and you know how we're going to operate going forward. Um, so after um, this race weekend at Monza, we're going to do a bit of a recap podcast, you know, our biggest winners, biggest losers uh, from the weekend, and hopefully we'll see maybe some free agency news in that time. Uh, and then the following race will actually be in Singapore. Uh, that's the weekend of September 30th through October 2nd. Uh, so Pat and I will be back with you with another uh, pre-race breakdown, hear some of our opinions for it, maybe talk some stories about F1. And, um, you know, just really looking forward to continuing this. Pat, thank you so much for uh, co-hosting with me today. Any, any final words? No, been a pleasure. Looking forward to the next one. Let's have a good Monza. Perfect. Well, there's the checkered flag, ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate y'all listening today, and we will see you next time. And that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in to this latest episode of Better Than Nothing. You can follow us on Instagram, Better Than Nothing, and also at RogueMediaNetwork.com. See ya! Down by 25 at the head. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. Frozen, Frozen, heroes, gonna tell you about Frozen, Frozen, heroes. Hey, I'm Zach. And I'm Mike. And we have a fantastic new podcast to tell you about. Bros, Foes, and Heroes. It's the two of us. 
looking into the world of comics, breaking down some characters that you may have never heard of, and some that are just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so Zach comes up with a character each time, and uh, I go into it just completely blind. I don't know who this person is or what their abilities are or anything, and, and basically I guess we kind of go over their origin story and just some of the ridiculous stuff that maybe especially Golden Age stuff. Oh, Golden yeah. Age stuff is always the best, and we will make sure to highlight all of the shenanigans and just absolute weirdness yeah. of everything. Yeah, that's right. So subscribe today and uh, follow us on Instagram at Bros Bros Heroes. And if you don't, I know where you live. Not really, but please subscribe. <laughs> bros and bros and heroes gonna tell you about bros and bros and heroes gonna tell you about. Welcome to One Star Rewind, a new podcast about those dreaded one-star reviews that every business owner hates to receive, but yet every customer loves to read. During this podcast, we will peel back that one-star review to better understand how it happened, when it happened, and what the business owner is doing after receiving that one-star review. This podcast will be about love, hate, and laughter. On One Star Rewind, we will meet with real business owners will tell their stories and how they do rely on reviews for their business. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or download us at roguemedianetwork.com. Please subscribe, but only rate and review for not a one-star review. Join us each time for a new review and a new story.